Hey, welcome to Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protist Global. And my next guest is a formidable advocate and leader in the cannabis space. He is the co-founder and managing member of Happy Monkey LLC, an internationally known New York City lifestyle company that is synonymous with the cannabis culture. I want you all to welcome to our show today on Plant Profits, Mr. Vladimir Bautista. Vlad, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing well, Vern. Just happy to be here with yourself and the good people that are listening. Thank you for having me. No Just doubt. We, we, I don't know what took us so long. We can't do this without you, man. You, uh, you out there showing us how it's supposed to be done. But I think that is that is awesome, man. That's awesome. And I'm a I'm I, I'm a fan of the Heights. There you go. Yeah, you born, born and raised, the uh, first generation Dominican, born and raised in Harlem, Hamilton Heights, Sugar there Hill. Go. There you go, baby. There you go. I mean, it, the heights are everywhere. It's all over the place. There's movies made about you. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's definitely uh, played a major role in who I am today because, you know, growing up up there, Vern, in the 80s and the 90s, yeah, definitely uh, helped you, you know, get some, uh, some grit and some work ethic for life, you know? Vlad, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about that growing up in the Heights and your journey. I, I think people, it just makes it so authentic just to hear someone's journey and how they, I mean, you're, you're doing something amazing. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, but you came from somewhere to be where you are. Talk about us, talk to us about where you came from. Well, like I said, you know, my parents came here from the Dominican Republic, like in the sixties and the seventies. So, I was uh, born, like I said, up there in the eight, in early 80s in, uh, mm -hmm. in Harlem, in uh, Hamilton Heights. So, you know, by the time I was coming into my teen years, it was, you know, early 90s. And, uh, you know, it was uh, definitely a heavily drug infested area, a lot of violence. And uh, what kind I, of drugs? What did you see? It was... Uh, the, the least you saw was cannabis. It was right. cocaine, crack, cocaine, and heroin. That's what I wanted people to understand. It, it wasn't about cannabis. It, it was about some really dangerous things. Exactly. And if it wasn't for cannabis, I might not be here with you right now because cannabis helped me. First of all, I started smoking cannabis when I was about 12 years old. Mentally helped me, you know, keep my keep myself sane in the in mm -hmm. this environment and then as i got older when i was 16 you know just to give just to give people a bird's eye view how limited access to cannabis was you know i'm from 139th from broadway sugar hill so yeah to get good quality cannabis we had to travel to inwood which was dykeman right Vern? okay so we always traveled over there and then one day i told myself why are we traveling so far? I'm going to buy an ounce. And if it doesn't sell, I'll smoke it. And that's how my whole cannabis career started in the legacy market when I was yeah. six years old. And I never looked back. And I think that if that wouldn't have happened, 
I, I might not be here because like I said, it helped me maintain myself mentally without having mm-hmm. to dabble into any of those other drugs, helped me maintain myself financially without having to dabble with the more hardcore drugs. So I think that cannabis saved my life in that way because if I grew up with a hundred guys, I'm with one of the 10 left, you know? Yeah. I, Cause I, cause I, I, I had cannabis to hold on to, to be able to, be able to keep me going through through these rough times up there. Yeah, you know, what do you think? Let's let's have a conversation about your thoughts about legacy versus legal, right? And do you do you think the legacy players, like you were a legacy player, do you think the legacy players get the respect they should should have? Uh, in this new cannabis legal movement? Vern, I think that's a great question. You know, yeah. me, myself, and my organization have big, big proponents and advocates of this topic, legacy to legal. And the answer yeah. is, Vern, they do not because okay. it's, 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 it's easy for you to be somebody yeah. Vern, that was on Wall Street and was in any other profession. And yeah. you hear that this market is opening up. It's projected to do $1 billion the first year in New York, $5 billion in five years. And you'd be like, well, this is a great business opportunity mm-hmm. and I need to get into this. But what it's hard for people to fathom is how did this $1 billion a year market get created? It didn't come from thin air. Got created, Vern, by the blood, well, sweat. It's tears. already a billion dollar industry. Currently, right now. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I'm saying the legal, the numbers you gave, here's what's interesting. To your point, and this is the point you're making, and maybe I interrupted you. Hell, I don't know, Vlad, but it, people need to understand that this, this industry didn't come from zero. Right now, right there, now, as we speak, without one legal gram being sold, there is a five billion dollar a year market happening right now in the legacy market. Yeah. So for it to get there the way that it's got to that point in that number is with 80 years of blood, sweat, tears, death, persecution, mm-hmm. people being arrested at alarming rates, people putting their lives on the line for other people to have access to this medicine is how we got to that number. And I think it's so important as we make this transition for us not only to acknowledge that, but to lower the barrier of entry and make the legacy market people a priority to be able to cross over and create generational wealth for their families after they help create this, this, behemoth of a market and and we're going to talk about how in new york how the mrta uh and and what you guys are doing with that to make sure that some of those things happen so we're going to we're going to talk about that but but vlad if you think about man if you if you think about this is how i look at i look at cannabis as a consumer product right it's a consumer product with the as you said a bunch of wellness emotional, mental, and physical um, opportunities and advantages that it delivers to the to the human body. I, that's how I look at cannabis. But cannabis, 
if you think about it, man, cannabis um, built uh, some amazing brands in the legacy market. So think about you when you went to to buy or whatever you were doing in 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 the legacy environment. You knew what you wanted, right? You knew the brand, right? You knew you knew exactly the effect you wanted. You knew all these things. And and brands and what I what I try to share with people, brands were created in the legacy market. And and what I'm seeing in the in the legal market is this struggle, this huge struggle of 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 people identifying with product. Why is that the case? That's a great question, Vern, and I'm going to explain to you yeah. my opinion of why that is. See, there is a culture and a community uh-huh. that cannabis has been that has been cultivated in society for the last 80 years. Okay. And part of that is people have a culture and a trust. They have to trust who's behind the product. They have to trust the brand that's behind the product because it represents more to them than another consumer product. It represents something that they're supporting, that they believe in, and something that they are consider a sacred part of their lives Mm -hmm. every day. So they will not gravitate to somebody that comes and slaps a pretty label on that mm-hmm. has absolutely no knowledge of the culture, no li- no knowledge of the plant to just sell them that easily. This, this cannabis culture does not work like that. People need to believe in the company and the brand or they will not support it, unlike other CPG industries. Man, so that that now that's gospel right there. That's absolute gospel right there. That is the truth. And 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 you know, and I and I have some clients, uh, and I see them working very hard to be authentic in the culture, right? And um, some are being more successful than others, uh, but it, it's a tough market. It's a tough market because people uh, people have been so there's there's this this string of events. People have been taken advantage of in so many ways uh, in this environment, in the culture that they that there's very little room for trust. and and you have to step up and you got to prove it. And um, and they won't take it any other way. And I, I think that's quite interesting uh, to me. And I think it's quite fascinating to me about um, how brands are going to have to be built. And it is not going to be the way typical brands are built in consumer product industries. So uh, you and I are totally, totally, totally aligned. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis, your host. A Plant Profits and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And my guest today, uh, you've been listening to Vladimir Bautista, who's the CEO and co-founder of the Happy Monkey LLC. And we will be right back. 
Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Uh, my guest today is Vladimir Bautista, CEO and co-founder of the Happy Monkey LLC. Now, Vlad, so let's let's talk about March 31, 2021, Governor Cuomo signed into the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, the MRTA, uh, which legalized uh, adult use cannabis in New York State. Um, and tell me, what changed for you and what you do from that day forward? Well, I got to start before yeah. I get to that answer, Vern, with the role we played for that to happen. So let's do it. Let's let's go there. Oh, I don't know if you know, but before they passed the MRTA, there were two bills. One was the CRTA okay. and one was the MRTA. Okay. Cuomo was leaning towards passing the CRTA, which was didn't have much social equity, okay. didn't have uh, home grow consumption lounge. It just wasn't a favorable bill for, you know, more marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. And what, I, what me and my team, Happy Monkey, did was we started a petition and we got thousands of signatures and we got people from all over the country and all over the world to repost our petition and that got some traction all the way to the point where Cuomo was like, who the hell is Happy Monkey? And, you know, yeah. and we think that hopefully that played a role in us getting the MRTA. Well, that's great. I can't, I can't imagine you not being a part of it. So you got, so the MRTA is happened, right? And, and, and so what's been the effect of that on the culture? Well, it's been, the effect on the culture has really been a little bit of confusion because, you know, okay. like I said, after 80 years of prohibition, now right. this bill passes and it is no longer illegal. And, you know, there's opportunities coming. But from the yeah. day that was passed, the only thing that changed was that you can have three ounces you can possess up to three ounces. You can have five pounds in your house. You can consume cannabis anywhere. You can consume tobacco. Okay. But then everything else, as far as the business, was sort of all question marks because they hadn't put it, the cannabis control board together. They had wow. not released any regulations, any compliance. So it, it was people were really happy and liberated. But when it came to the business part, everybody was kind of like uh, up in the air. There was no information yet. Yeah. So that was the, the 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 way it was at the beginning. When did, when did it all get better? When 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 did when did people feel like it was safe to invest in it and be and be a part of it and 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 make it a business when they thought they had enough information that they could actually execute? Well, I think that started happening more like in the last six months. People okay. felt more comfortable because they saw that. They put the OCM together, the Cannabis Control Board together. Uh -huh. You know, they started having more more communication with the public on what's to come. And I think that has made people feel much uh, more comfortable and safer in getting into the market. Okay. Okay. 
And, and, and let's talk about this, this social equity and economic equity part that you fought so hard to make sure happened and true to the culture in this bill. Talk to me about, because you know what I'm learning that every state's equity program is, is different, right? And so tell me about New York's and what do you like about it and what do you see needs to be improved? Well, um, New York is the first state to, this is the part I like about it, to Mm -hmm. really give the first shot to, you know, social equity and Mm -hmm. like legacy people with the first hundred licenses Okay. Going to people that have a cannabis conviction. Okay. So that part I like. The okay. part that I don't like is that they put a contingency, a clause in there that uh-huh. you also have to have a profitable business for over two years. What do you mean by that? Once you start or no transition, prior. you should have already had a profit. prior to that. Which is tricky because most people that have been uh, sustaining themselves off of the legacy market, yeah, mostly didn't have businesses that legit they businesses exactly. So, okay, so let's talk about that. That that to me just wiped out everything else you did. There you go. <laughs> right. I mean, if 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 it feels like because if you truly are going to give the the social and economic equity and you're going to say, okay, these first hundred licenses, uh, you guys, you know, in the community and the culture have a shot at this, right? And, and oh, and by the way, right, you need to have a legitimate business that has been run properly and, pro- and, and profitably. Now, I can understand how you want businesses to be successful, but so how do you... How do I get if if I haven't had that, but I have the connections to get this done? How do how do I get it done? Maybe I have the connections to get it done. How how would you get it done if you wanted to do it? And and maybe um, your qualifications you you had some gaps in your qualifications, but you wanted to get it done. Is that still possible? That's the thing. Is as at the moment it doesn't seem so. Really. Yeah, that's the that's 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 the the catch twenty two. You know what I mean? That it's uh-huh. it doesn't seem like there is any way around that. Even though it's just the first round, and there'll be more rounds to come. But that's why you know I I, I give them you know credit for for trying to to make uh-huh. an effort. But it's just you know gotta just fix parts like that to make it more feasible for people to really be able to uh to participate in it okay all right now that's interesting interesting so look i i gotta ask you this how did you come up with the name happy monkey funny tell me about, tell me about that and how did it stick funny you say that so yeah the way that this name came about was that my partner ramon okay the, the whole concept, because I don't know if you know this, Vern, but our big, well, well, the reason that we became a big deal was because we did events 
and ran a consumption lounge on Times Square for for like two, three years before COVID. Okay. So this is the beginning of that. So my partner goes to Amsterdam, to the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he sits at one of these cannabis cafes and he smokes with people from all over the world. And yeah, he's more of an introvert. He's not as outgoing as me and really has a touch of moment and sees that this is like something special, like a way people are congregating and really having like a, an amazing experience. So he comes back with this epiphany. He tells me that we could do this in New York. I told him, you must be out of your mind. This will never work. This is New York City. Sounds insane to me. But he's my partner. I believe in him. We already have yeah. access to everything. I was like, you know what? Let's try one event. See how it goes. And it went out of this world. Then we started doing them once a, a month, then once a week, then seven days a week. till Forbes called us the Studio 54 of Cannabis. Oh, my God. Hold it right there. We're going to take a quick break. Um, <laughs> come back to Plant Profits. Uh, I'm your host, Vern Davis. And uh, my guest today is Vladimir Bautista, CEO and co-founder of the Happy Monkey LLC. When we come back, we're going to we're gonna un- understand how the, fit, the uh, Studio 54 of Cannabis came about. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. I am your host, Vern Davis. My guest today is Vladimir Bautista. Uh, Vlad is the CEO and co-founder of the Happy Monkey LLC, uh, based in New York City. Now, Vlad, you were just talking about, you know, your your partner went to Amsterdam, uh, you know, smoked with people from all over the world. Ramon did this and he came back and said, let's do that here. You didn't quite believe him, but you trusted him. He's your partner. And you decided, well, let's let's just do one. Let's let's see what happens. So and that's how Happy Monkey was born. Right. Exactly. And then um, the name yeah. came because his spirit animal was always like a monkey. Okay. Always just staying here, like a tattoo of it or whatever. And then, yeah. uh, you know, we felt like we were making people happy through cannabis and through the events. So we just added the happy to it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Happy monkey. So you guys through this event, tell me about, tell me about a happy monkey event. They just walk us, put us in the place. Okay. So I'll put you in the place. So you'll be hanging out at happy monkey and mm-hmm. there would be all these people that under no other circumstance would be in a room together in Manhattan, <laughs> a doctor, a lawyer, a rapper, a gangster, uh, a, a politician, a billionaire, all consuming yeah. together. Wow. Why do they do it? Because in this divided world, Vern, um, cannabis is the great equalizer. People don't okay. agree on anything anymore nowadays, but cannabis is one of those few things that has like an 80, 90% approval from society. So at the end of the day, it was like a social experiment where people learned was no matter what differences you had in class, race, or culture, we yeah. all stressed out and we all need a joint to forget about our issues. That's unanimous amongst everybody. 
<laughs> so it makes it work, man. So tell me, so tell me the state of Happy Monkey today, right? And what are you guys doing? What's 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 happening with the business right now? And what what are you moving to? Right now, currently, what we're doing is um, doing still, of course, a lot of advocacy, public speaking. Okay. Actually, going to speak on Saturday at the cannabis parade with like a bunch of big people, like Chuck Schumer and. Uh-huh. And uh, politicians and advocates and etc. And then aside from that, we're also in the process of licensing. Okay. Narrowing down what we're gonna do and what we're gonna get in that aspect. And then when it comes to events, um, we don't do them as often anymore. But when we do, we do um, like you know, we try to do groundbreaking, really high level stuff. For example, last summer. We mm-hmm. did a partnership with the Van Gogh Immersive Experience. I don't know if you heard of wow. it. And they're like in 19 cities in three countries. And uh, we partnered with them. We took it over and uh, we sold it out two two times in a row. Wow. A week. You know, one night, 500 people, one night, 600 people. And it was kind of like the first time that publicly mm-hmm. art, and high-end art and cannabis culture did something publicly together. So now when we do things, we try to do things in that way where we're breaking glass ceilings and mm-hmm. down doors as far as stigma and uh, c- culture and community. So so when you, when you and Ramon decide you're going to do something and partner like you did with Van Gogh, um, is that... I mean, is that top secret and you have a release and a, an announcement and there's a lot of PR around? How, do, how does how do you guys work or does it come from a groundswell of, from the culture? What happens? So it's a combination of both because okay. you have to remember, Vern, that unlike, you know, other people that are just coming into this industry, me personally, I've been in the legacy market for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Before before we started Happy Monkey, right. Born and raised in New York, a lot of people that we work with, including Ramon, are born and raised in New York. So our roots run deep, you know, and mm-hmm. our relationships run deep because we're like right. the hometown heroes. And then on top of that, of course, you know, we have you know public relations and press and all that stuff that helps. But I think the the major part is the real grassroots home you know hometown hero relationships that we have and that yeah really know that we're not this is not a hobby to us this is our lives our careers where we have you know sacrificed our lives to 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 be a part of this industry to mm-hmm. create safe spaces for people mm-hmm. and to add value to this industry so i think people really respect that and really that's why they come out so hard to support us yeah. Now, is it by invite only or how does it work? How do you get invited to one of these events? Well, um, the 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 way we usually do it is like we, we give first access to our core members and our core following. And okay. then after that, we put it out to the public. To be OK. OK. OK, good. So, you know, it's you're on a podcast. You're going to be. Uh, nationally heard. I mean, you know, you can break some news here. I mean, if you want to, 
plan? I mean, when is the next event or or there's something you'd like to bring forward, Ray? Let's funny talk about thing it. Is, funny thing is that uh, yeah. to, tomorrow yeah. I'm attending something at the United Nations. Okay. There's a, there's a cannabis event there. And then wow. we're hosting the after party. We're having like a little private after party for yeah. the event of, at the United Nations. And then, like I told you, then Saturday, um, we are going to the cannabis parade, which is going to be huge this year. And you've got people like Steve D'Angelo, Dana Beal, Ed Rosenthal, Chuck Schumer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's we're just going to keep yeah. on, you know, pushing things forward here, keeping legislators and corporate accountable for what they're doing in this industry. And then hopefully in the near future, you know, you'll be able to come to a licensed happy monkey dispensary, licensed happy okay. monkey consumption lounge. That is the goal. Oh, that's that that's awesome. And I'm 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 wishing you well on that, man. We've We've been in a lot of the same circles. Uh, there have been a lot of guests on Plant Profits, and uh, Steve D'Angelo was was. We just taped a show with him a week or two ago, and um, he's he's really cool people. Uh, he's done so much, and he's like you. He's given everything to to the plant, right? He's 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 sold out for the plant, just like you have, and um, and I think that that is uh, that is wonderful. Uh, consumption lounges. Okay. Uh, you know, some of us may not be familiar with consumption lounges. And when you say that, and I don't want to take people that are listening for granted. So won't you tell people what that is? That is a great question, Vern. You're right. Um, so consumption lounge is where it's like, basically the way that you have, clubs and bars for alcohol right it, it, it will be a version of that for cannabis without alcohol where people can come congregate in different ways whether it be you know similar to a restaurant similar mm -hmm. to a nightclub similar to a bar but mm -hmm. instead of alcohol cannabis so that's what a consumption lounge is. And I want to make a prediction here on your show, right? All right. Give yeah. me something, Vlad. The, 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 my prediction is that cannabis hospitality, what I like to call butter life, yeah, will ultimately be alcohol nightlife. So okay. ultimately, cannabis hospitalities and cannabis venues and lounges, like I said, will be bigger than alcohol, you know, nightclubs, bars, and lounges. Because we already see that the numbers are telling us that yeah. last year, uh, Illinois' cannabis tax sales surpassed alcohol. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Massachusetts, the numbers surpassed alcohol. Yeah. And we have yet to really fully unleash cannabis hospitality to its full potential. So I think That's it's going to be a way bigger hospitality factor than alcohol will be. Yeah. Yes. Man, that th those are great points. And, and you put them very much in perspective that there's, there's so much white space out there for cannabis to conquer. Right. Look, 
Vlad, take us in a day, day in life of, of, of Vladimir Batista. A day in life. Of yeah, take, go for a walk with me and, and chat with me about about a day in in, in in your life. So many facets to that. So <laughs> get up in the morning. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm a single father. I have my okay. daughter half the week, so I go and I take my daughter to school. Okay, drop off my daughter to school, come back home probably jump into a team meeting mm-hmm. and discuss what the plans are for the week or for the day as far as like, you know, uh, meetings, delegation, merchandise, apparel, events, politics, events, uh, right. advocacy, and then uh, probably go to the city, to the office, and uh, have some more meetings, whether it be sometimes with legislators, with lawyers, with different people from the culture that are in town all the time that I'm discussing topics with as far as like where New York is heading to and where's Happy Monkey heading to. Then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, go have dinner at a restaurant or something. And then do it all over again the next day. <laughs> I love that, yes. man. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hey, hey, audience, you just, you just, you just spent a day with Vladimir Batista. That's his day. That's um, that's that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. I love that, man. That's great. Smoke a smoke a smoke a nice big joint and then uh, go to sleep and do it all over again. Then do it all over again. That is great. Uh, awesome. There he is. Vladimir Batista from the Heights. Uh, yeah, Sugar Hill. That's from Harlem, our guy. From Harlem. Harlem. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, man, look, I really appreciate you showing up and doing this with us today. And uh, I, I wish you, you luck on your, um, you know, your, your lounge and your dispensary um, ideas and projects that you have working. And and uh, one day I'm gonna hit one of your when I'm in the city, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit one of your events, and I'm gonna call you first. But uh, we'll 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 definitely get together. Really, and and enjoyed our chat today. And thank you, Vlad, for for coming on to Plant Profits. Appreciate that. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. For all those out there, if you want to stay in tune with what's happening with Happy Monkey, you can go to our website happymonkey.com, H-A-P-P-Y-M-U-N-K-E-Y.com. As far as you, Vern, when you guys come to New York, I know you got the red carpet everywhere you go. I will have the green carpet waiting for you. You got it. As far as you, your team, and everybody out there, remember you're too blessed to be stressed. Things will get greater later and always choose happy. Always choose happy. I love that. Well, everyone, you heard him. Vladimir Bautista, CEO and co-founder of the Happy Monkey. Uh, Thank you all for joining us uh, here on Plant Profits. And please go and download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show at all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your fix. And look for this 
particular show uh, that Vladimir and I shared today and learn more about his journey, his um, partner Ramon's journey and, and, and the building of the Happy Monkey and uh, all of the good works that they're doing to make cannabis a core part of our lives. And I think that is an awesome, uh, awesome thing. I and mean, you can follow Protus Global on LinkedIn and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all uh, of the social media sites. And uh, you can really check out how we are changing people's lives and building companies. Uh, and just go to protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, enjoy. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.